Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of The Pivot of Change. Uh, today I have a special guest and she's Virginia and she spends uh, working hours as a partner in the law firm Stitson Warren Lawyers uh, in Australia and she's also a qualified yoga teacher and what is really interested, interesting I find about Virginia is that she combines the practices of law and yogic and metaphysical practices together as one, uh, which I never heard of before. So we'll definitely dive deeper into that as well. And she now really focuses on emotional empowerment for lawyers. And she just published her new book that's called Let's Kiss All the Lawyers, Said No One Ever. And she writes from a very unusual perspective uh, on the dark and otherwise closed subjects uh, of personal discontentment uh, with the legal profession in general. And uh, yeah, so there's definitely a lot of subjects we're going to dive deeper into. Uh, so Virginia, thank you very much for being here. Thank you for inviting me on, Sonia. It's great to speak to you. Yeah, and what I'm very interested in is that you, uh, of course, work as a lawyer for a lot longer period of time. and. Um, at some point, you decided to also to study as a yoga teacher, to become a yoga teacher. And what kind of inspired you to make that uh, decision? Well, it wasn't an inspiration. And as I always say, in this life, there are no accidents. Um, I got into yoga. Well, I got into law by accident. Let's put it that way. We'll start with that. I had a child. And I was getting very bored at home. I had worked in the legal industry before and I went back to work. A girlfriend said to me, look, there's a reception job open. My son was four months old and I thought, yes, my brain is turning to mush at home. I need to get out and do some work. And, of course, you know, guilty mother syndrome, you shouldn't be going to work with your child so young. But as it turned out, there was a daycare centre just built next door to this office. Now, you know, everything lines up. I, I love this, how, how, how life lines up. So I go to work in this law firm as their receptionist. The partners change hands in the law firm. We had a lawyer come in. He was from a city firm and he wasn't sort of terribly familiar with small country, country practices, if you like. I, I'm on the Mornington Peninsula, which is a, a regional area and it's near the beach and it's beautiful. And so because we'd all the girls that had been working in the firm before, we sort of helped him out. And he saw some potential in me and said, how about you go through law school? And I thought, what a great idea. <laughs> I've got a toddler. I work full time. Why not fit in a legal practice, you know, the study of law at the same time? So, you know, I thought I've got a cape or something. I'll do this. What a great idea. So I did. And six years later, um, and yeah, it was hard, you know, early mornings, late nights, um, my life no longer my own. Um, fortunately, like my husband was there to sort of do, pick up all the pieces as I was dropping them <laughs> because, you know, I thought I was superwoman. And um, I got my degree, became admitted to practice and then worked in the law firm. And then for a while, uh, that was great. And I was enjoying the practice of law. I was working in family law, uh, general practice. Um, you get to know the community. It was really nice, really beautiful that way. But I also noticed the legal profession. It wasn't what I thought. They were, 
they could be a little bit nasty um, and personal, which in our profession you're not allowed to be. It's against your practising rules to, to speak to a colleague like this. It's about dealing with a client issue and keeping it separate from us as representatives. But unfortunately, um, some of them weren't like that and it was a personal, they'd be personal attacks. And I'm thinking, what is that about? That's not helping anything. But then I'd, I'd look under that and think, okay, it's, there are deeper issues with the people dealing in law here, the lawyers. As it turns out, one day I'm walking down my main street um, in my high heels, um, leopard print heels as it turns out, and a nice suit, and I am crossing the road at one of those zebra crossings. I fall over in the middle of the street. It was embarrassing. I just wished the stripes on that road would open up, swallow me, um, my ego and pride, and my knees were bruised. So I went off to my chiropractor. He said to me, you will not be doing Zumba anymore with those knees. Try yoga. And I thought, I, I thought no, no, that, be, that would be like watching paint dry. I can't do that. Well, I had to. So I went off to yoga and I fell in love with the, the first session I went there. I thought, wow, where has this been all my life? It was bizarre, absolute bizarre connection. It was really like an epiphany for me. And as I went along, really enjoying my yoga, I decided I'd study, um, I'd be, become a teacher. Well, I studied the teaching. I didn't really want to become the teacher. I just wanted to understand yoga more, more than just the postures. You know, it's everything about the breath, the philosophy, everything that's involved in that. And I really opened a portal to a new world. And for me, it was really finding who you are at a core level. And it just resonated with me 100%. I read something in a, it just, there are no accidents, even though there are accidents, there are no accidents. And I read this thing about coming home and that, that word to me, coming home, was, it just sent tingles through my spine. That my, I'm tingling now thinking about that. And so I had to know more. And then I went on this crazy quest to find out what that all meant. So that was about mm, seven years ago. So that's how I got into yoga as a lawyer because I fell over in my favourite heels and, was, yeah, but my ego and knees are better now. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and um, what does coming home uh, mean for you? It meant that there was a beautiful place that when you're coming home to yourself, to your truest nature, to source, to source energy, to pure consciousness, um, I was reading near-death experiences to try and get more of that vibe. I could just feel it, you know, and I just thought, okay, why can't everyone else feel this and see this? That's what coming home means to me. But, of course, I couldn't go and just share that with lawyers or anyone really because everyone would think I was quite crazy. So, you know, I just kept that as my own little quest and I thought yoga is a good disguise. <laughs> for all this so I, I you know would be in my meditations and know what that meant to actually sit in meditation and connect with yourself connect with your true source and to just to dis disconnect from the outside world and that in itself is an, in is an interesting topic because um as I was as I worked through this more I thought wow you know you can't sit in that space of in the zone in meditation you can't live there 
you have to live in the real world. Mm -hmm. And that is the hardest part for many people that have found a spiritual path is to actually bring it into the real world. And I've even known, known some lawyers who have found themselves and moved out of law because it's like, wow, law is too like edgy, it's hard, it's, it's, it's nasty. I'd rather go and live, and as I say in my book, where everyone's kissable, you know, where we're all kissable creatures and it's beautiful and lovely, you know, we know that's not exactly true, but mm-hmm. rather than bringing that beauty into your day job, um, that is very tough. So that's what I'm endeavouring to do. I'm trying to bring it into a grounded space where we have to live in this reality, we have to raise consciousness, we have to do it. But as a lawyer, yeah, try and share that with other lawyers is, is, is a little bit tricky. So, so I have written this book um, to bring some awareness to people that may have lost their way. And it's really for those people that have, those lawyers that have thought, why am I doing this? I'm at the end of my tether. I can't understand this life. You think, well, look, here's another option. Have a look at this. Maybe you'll see something in it like I did when I looked into yoga. Maybe you'll see something and it might be the beauty that you're looking for. And when you see that, I'm going to show you then how to bring it into work, into your real day so that you can stay with your, you've trained all these years to become a lawyer. Why are you just going to waste that brain power? Let's let's make some changes. And what um, made you decide to stay within law and to not go out of that profession? Which a lot of people, like you said, will go through like this big transformation, this inner transformation. They change profession. Um, yes. What decided you to stay within the profession? Well, um, and I will say that about many professions or or anybody that's found a spiritual path. Mm-hmm. I think. Think I want to go and do something much nicer like massage <laughs> and, and you know do healings and all those things. But you know what? Healing can be anything. Healing can be, Freud said, listening is healing. Lawyers today don't listen. They can't listen. They haven't been trained to listen. Not really listen, not take space, create space for a person and bring them into their space and hear them. What made me stay in there? Something, honestly, I tried to get out. <laughs> but I'll tell you now, the universe kept pushing me back in. No, you're going to keep you're staying right where you are firmly because you have to do this. And I thought, okay, okay, I'll stay here. So uh, I got inspiration to write this book um, because I discovered uh, after I got into the yoga, I thought, all right, What's wrong with everybody? What's wrong with these lawyers? What, what resources are there out there for them? Let me, let me have a look at that first. So I looked at it and I looked at my governing bodies and they'd say things like, oh, drink water, have a, have a good night's sleep, speak to your supervisor. The supervisor was probably causing you the grief in the first place. And all those regular things, exercise, fresh air, and go and meditate. And that was to me just like the, the mic dropper. So it's like, what? Meditate? You're talking to lawyers. They don't know what that is. They could sit there for five minutes and think, okay, I'm sitting here saying om. But they don't know who they are until you knew who until you know who you are at a at a fundamental level, that you are consciousness, that you are energy, 
you'll have no idea what meditation really means. Yes, there are some there are some lawyers out there that have written books on meditation, which and I applaud that. But for your average lawyer that I've spoken to, they're just like, oh, I've tried meditation. That doesn't work. But they don't realise it's not just sitting in the corner and doing that. Meditation can be watching your egg boil of a morning. You know, it can be anything. And yes, you can have time for it too. Uh, it, these are the real things. I'm trying to bring reality into, um, I'm trying to bring our true selves into every day which is a, a tricky little exercise. So writing the book was basically having a laugh at the legal profession, saying have a look at ourselves, look at where we've gotten to. We've been trained in separation. When we're, we are relational beings. We are, we need humans around us. We need to work together as a community. And I looked as far as the shamans, um, who said, you know, that their way of dealing with legal stuff was basically to get everybody in the community together. If somebody was, say, a drug addict, for instance, and I actually watched this recently on a program, I think it was um, with the people in way north of America or it could have been up near Alaska, the Indigenous up there, mm -hmm. who were saying that, yeah, if they've got a drug addict in their community, the community gets around, and of course, there's the elders, and they all say, we are individually responsible. Every single person in this community is responsible for that drug addict. So instead of saying, like we say in Western law, you're bad, you go over here, we don't want to know you, that's putting our shadow aside, get out of my face, I don't want to see you, you're embarrassing me. It's bringing the shadow in and saying, like, why, we have caused this. How does this happen? Let's Let's work through it together as a community. That's the way I propose that law should change in Western society so that we are all responsible. Now, look, some systems in our country, especially in Australia, are, especially with our Australian Aboriginals, um, you know, they're the original shamans. The, uh, fortunately, our Western society is starting to recognise this and say bring elders to the table and say let's, let's see how the community is affected by your behaviour, not like you are bad. That's what we do now. But no, bring it all in and say, okay, how does this affect your community? Because these people especially are community members. They don't know who they are unless they are members of a community. I, I, I argue that humanity's lost that aspect, absolutely. But to do that, of course, we need to, as individuals, integrate ourselves, become unified within before we can be unified without. Yeah. And um, I love that. So could you share also maybe your thoughts on how our current uh, Western legal system is leading to more separation? Um, yeah. Well, presently, of course, say we're working in family law. We'll have a husband and wife come together to they, they, they're separating they're hurt they're going to blame somebody because the hurt's too great if I'm hurting you need to hurt as much as me that's that's the mentality so I'm going to hire a lawyer and we're going to hurt you because then I'll get retribution and all will be well but of course that's not that's not satisfying in the long run and lawyers are stepping in and saying yes I'm going to t I represent my client 
I'm going to take your house away, I'm going to take your children away and I'm going to win. Who wins? The other lawyer says the same thing. Both sides cannot win. It's just a, it's an impossibility when you're looking at it from that perspective. There has to be a loser. So not only is there distrust in the legal system, I've promised you we'll go in and win. When we can't win anything anyway, what is there to win? Everybody loses on that model. Um, the <laughs> so it must change. It must change in that we must come together and say, and this is the way I see it, every conflict has has a bonus it has it has goodness in the conflict it will show you some area of yourself that needs to be resolved to be brought to light and integrated um, we only see conflicts as something to run from humans want to only do things that make them feel better that's what humans like do something that helps me feel better like you know, I'll go shopping or I'll drink alcohol or I'll do drugs or something else. that because that genuinely makes me feel better. I want to do that instead of going to the source of my pain. Now, people meet for reasons, for subconscious reasons. You know, there's an initial attraction, but absolutely it's an unconscious attraction with somebody. There is something you need in that person that's showing you an aspect of yourself that needs to be brought to light. It's a shadow. And if we can see our conflicts that way, we can then say to a person that we've met that we're in conflict with, we can say, thank you for showing me. Thank you for showing me I was angry. Thank you for showing me I was a jealous person. Thank you for showing all these things that you can benefit from if you look at your relationships and see where they're going wrong and see what really Triggers you. Whatever triggers you in your relationship is showing you what is wrong for yourself. Many people don't want to look at themselves. But I've been working with couples um, and when I can show them that, it's just like a wow moment to them. And then they sit in appreciation of their partner and say, oh, my gosh. And they, they can see into each other and say, wow, look, you did this for me. And this is what now whether they stay together or not is another question. They might it might be time for them to move forward and on with their lives, but they won't repeat the same patterns. The present model that we have, we come in, we we rip rip families to pieces, take money off everybody, send them away with half of their belongings. No better off. They're going to go and find a similar partner and do the same thing again. Yeah, it's repeat business. They'll come back to me. Great if I got a good result, but nobody ever really thinks it's a good result because they are always feeling that they've been ripped off. I propose that we change that by saying, look what I can give you. Look what you'll take away from this. I call it conflict alchemy. There is gold in your conflicts, every single one of them. And to do that, I must get a lawyer to, to do the work on themselves first because you can't pour from an empty cup, of course. Now, I love you sharing that. So, um, so within your own profession as a lawyer, you kind of let them see why they initially have the conflict. Yeah. Why they attracted each other. Um, yeah, that's it. And because, you know, we deal in conflict. 
That's a lawyer's job. Why aren't we doing something about it? We are the ones that people come to first. And I had a lawyer say to me, oh, but isn't that being a bit like a psychologist or, in, you know, in psychology? And I said, well, look, every time we act for a client, is particularly in personal matters like family law or really anything, people will come and they have to tell you their story and we'll take all the information down. You know, he said this, she said that. We're doing that anyway. Yeah. And when we do that, you see, people will come to us. People will come to us instead of going to a psychologist. They come to us when their world is falling apart. They'd rather not say, oh, there's something wrong with me, I better go and get counselling. They'll come to a lawyer and say, here, I have a problem, you take it, (laughs) you fix it (laughs) and make it go away. Well, I say, no, no, I'm not going to make it go away, you're going to make it go away. And this is how we're going to do it. You will do it. I will sit and help create the space for you to do that in with, you know, our certain trained methods. Um, but, yeah, that's, I think I have high ambitions, but I think the, the legal practice and many legal practitioners are just so tired of, of the work they do. And I think it's inherent in a human not to, not, you're not getting satisfaction anymore about people walking away miserable and feeling like they've lost things. When you can give them something that they're going to have with them for the rest of their life, it's so uplifting for me. It's healing for me as well. Just for someone to recognise, wow, I was doing that. I couldn't see it. Of course, you've just brought a shadow to life. You've integrated. Someone's integrated a part of themselves. And then the journey goes on. When you teach them how to do that, off they go and they can go and do that for the rest of their days. Yeah, it's a skill that you, um, if you have that skill, it would change your entire life because you will see things from a completely uh, new perspective because a lot of times um, we can be in this state of things happening to us, right? Someone else is hurting you and and you want to hurt that person back and it's this, this spiral that goes on and on and on and no one benefits from it. And um, a lot of times in law, we see like this, which you mentioned as well, this zero-sum game. Either you win, you lose, there's no in-between. And if you lose, you've done something wrong. As a lawyer as well, if you lose a case, you you haven't done your job well. And what also came up while listening to you, a few years ago, I kind of um, studied to work in the life of Gandhi. And he actually uh, started in the profession of law. But he yes. actually, the funny thing was he was a really bad lawyer. And that's what a lot of people don't know because he actually tried to do what you mentioned about the shaman, that he tried to bring people together and see it from a different perspective. And um, But he was a terrible lawyer. He completely failed at it. Um, because the system, completely, especially in that time, it was even worse, wasn't built for it at all. That's exactly right. And his fa- my favourite quote of his is, the function of a lawyer is to unite parties riven asunder. That's my favourite quote of his because that is the model I am working on is to unite people because that is what that's what we have to do now. We have to bring them together. Yes, see the conflict. See, you know, there's still some, okay, well, you shouldn't have done that. Why did you do it? Let's look at you. Why did you do this? 
And then you'll be looking more at what you did. And okay, you see your role in it. You are taking responsibility for your own actions. It's still, we're still needed as lawyers. There's no question about that because, you know, there's regulation and all sorts of things. That's not going to change. But to bring the people together and let's have a look at the two of you rather than fighting um, in an adversarial position, it's, yeah, taking responsibility for our own part in it. Mm. Now, I think that's what he was trying to do because he had this realisation, but, yes, of course, that model was just never going to happen back then. Mm. Be the change you want to see in the world is what he says. Mm. Be the change. Yes. <laughs> I love it. And do you think that now might be the time that, that the system or the people mainly are more ready for it? Absolutely. There is a paradigm shift happening. I have been um, part of a group in last time I, I met them in Washington in October last year and I was just talking about the work I'm doing and it, they, their philosophy is uh, fostering connection in an era of human alienation and it is about social change, it's social activism and at its best and it's lawyers, law professors and people in that field that just we've had enough. And particularly with racism, all sorts of things. It's just like we are rejecting aspects of society everywhere we look. It's time for us to accept ourselves, be the change. We must do that for ourselves before we can see any reflection. It must start with us because there's many people that are saying, yes, we need to change in the, in the way we practice law, but until we all change at a fundamental level, it's never going to change. And the time is right now. There's a paradigm shift. It's, there is an energetic shift happening. Um, many people can feel this. Many people are, are saying enough. It's, it's, it is shifting. So I, I believe the time is coming. And I, you know, I post a lot of um, inspirational sort of things. I use humour as well on places like LinkedIn. And lawyers, I'll have them private message me and say, oh, I like what you're doing and everything, but I'm a bit afraid to come out and do this. And say, so, well, stand behind me. I'm here. I'm doing this. <laughs> I can't help it. I must do this. It's my job. So, and then I have, yeah, and many, especially, um, I'm fascinated, it's young, younger women around the ages of, you know, late 20s to early 30s, uh, those lawyers, they're saying, what can I do? I, I want to be in part of this as well. So that's really encouraging to me. And I think if I can get into... If we can get into the law schools, that's where we need to change. But mm. they are victims of themselves, which have been, well, dare I say, it, patriarchal for a long time. And I think that the the feminine needs to be embraced in law: intuition, compassion, empathy. From from the male lawyer's point of view and the female lawyer's point of view. Female lawyers will live in our chest and we're like being the men. Mm -hmm. But it's not. We we've been in that, we're competing. No. What are we competing for? What? Doesn't make any sense. We are dealing with humans and human relationship and we need to connect with the humans and make sure everyone's connected again. And the feminine can bring that to pass. But that's another job. <laughs> yeah. And it also really comes back to also that integration within yourself. 
Yes. So it's of course dark. Yeah. Male and other female lawyers, but also of course male as well. We all have those qualities within us. Absolutely. Um, but I think that women will suffer more when they completely suppress it. Right? Because you have a lot of that energy that needs to be expressed. Um, so how could we kind of change that within the educational system? Because that's, of course, where it starts um, when someone becomes a lawyer. Yeah, yeah look, uh, there have been token efforts um, of bringing some wellness, wellness studies into law studies. Um, we have ethics. But that really talks about, you know, I can't um, act against a former client and all sorts of things that are ethical and moral duties that lawyers have. Wellness, um, they're not going far enough. They're really not going far enough. What I think has to change is that it has to change at a public level. People have to see lawyers like me and others like me out there and say, I want my lawyer to be like that. And as soon as that happens, at the public level, so, you know, all the people listening to your program, for example, might say, right, well, I want a lawyer that does that and I'm not going to stop until I find one. That's where the change is going to happen. People are going to demand that. Then the lawyers can be trained appropriately because otherwise they won't be trained to suit humanity and society. That's the way I see it. Yeah, so we need, like you said, like a lot of good role models that already are working in that way and then eventually the educational system will pick up on that. Because yeah, that we have to stand out as pioneers basically and say this is what I'm doing and I have to broadcast it wherever I can go. Because when I talk to people, people say, yeah, I want that. I want my lawyer to be like that. You think, okay, great. So <laughs> let's get cracking and let's all the public stand together and say, we want lawyers that are like this. Because right now the, the public do not like lawyers. No, I think the like general stereotypes that lawyers are really like insensitive, like really hard, very masculine, and especially the women, like the women you don't want to mess with, you know, and keep at a distance. That's like the stereotype. Um, yeah, people say to me, oh, you're a lawyer. Ooh, like, <laughs> I don't want that. I don't want to get up every morning and think people are going to go, ooh. <laughs> That's not it. And, and, and a lot of them are feeling that too. A lot of them are feeling that now. Because I think the old school is moving out. The older lawyers are moving out of the field. They are a really depressed bunch, a lot of them. They've gotten all their cars and toys and houses and second wives and, you know, husbands and whatever. And they suddenly realise, hang on, I'm not fulfilled. What did I do with my life? What happened? What was the journey about? That's what I really talk about in my book, um, to say you, you're not going to find it out there. You find your fulfilment in service, in service of the right kind to people. But before you can, before you can even find your purpose, you've got to unite within yourself. You've got to come together. You've got to be in internal harmony and find that power point, that power place within because you're giving your power away to the new Porsche. <laughs> your power exists in the Porsche, in the house, in the yacht and, and in your opponent. It doesn't exist within you. And when your power doesn't exist within you, you keep searching for it elsewhere and not within. 
because it's a marvelous thing. I mean, as you would know yourself, as soon as you find that inner peace, your purpose, it's, 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 you know it. You know what it is. You can feel it. And lawyers, well, feeling, that's, I also talk about that in my book. Um, fabulous um, fellow Meng, uh, he, he was an engineer at Google. And I think it was 2007, 2008, he taught the, the coding engineers there how to, find, how to find their emotions. And he called, you know, emotional intelligence. He worked on Daniel Goleman's model of emotional intelligence. And I thought, I'm going to introduce lawyers to that because we're all too left-brained. There's no heart connection. And they've built the heart walls. It's, they've got to break them down. And it's, it's really important because we've, we've been trained in just seeing any, everything logically, analytically. Any wonder why they're the way they are. We, they. <laughs> I'm not like that, but, but I see how that's come to pass. So, yes, and I've forgotten your question or what you were saying, but <laughs> I've got a whole I think I answered it quite well. And because it's like um, they're not trained to completely, with like most um, studies nowadays, we're completely trained to operate from that left brain, right? Yes. So, um, and so that's why things are really out of balance right now. And um, so do you think it would be a good idea to actually teach about more emotional intelligence within uh, law studies or general? Absolutely. Absolutely. How to connect with yourself, how to feel an emotion. And, and, and I talk about in my book the energy levels. You know, when, you, you, when your vibes are low, you are not attracting the things into your life that you want. And when we talk, I talk about the law of attraction in there and how it's a great model, but unless your subconscious is on board, <laughs> unless you've integrated all parts of yourself, you're not going to attract that yacht that you wanted. <laughs> you're going to attract things at a lower vibe. All that stuff is fundamental human stuff that people should know about because, you know, people... They accept that here, here you and I are sitting, all these energy waves are going through the air. I can see you, you can see me. Oh, it's like magic. And we just take it for granted. But it's real energy. This is the real stuff. And we're made of the same stuff. And I provide some science about all that in my book too so lawyers don't get too worried that I'm not too airy-fairy. There's, there's, <laughs> there's, there's great science behind it all. Um, uh, you know, especially, um, you know, Einstein and all that wonderful, beautiful science. I love science. I'm a science person as well and quantum mechanics and all that beautiful thing. Um, it's, it's necessary that we're trained in that so that we understand the human vibes and how to then help with our own thought processes and get ourselves out of our own stresses. Law is a stressful job. It is a very stressful job. How to just breathe. People don't know even how to breathe. That's, that's our life force, breath. <laughs> We're doing this. We're breathing into our chest. We should be breathing into our bellies, taking those beautiful breaths, breathing in the life force, expanding and expanding our energy fields as we're, as we're bringing ourselves into a higher vibe, into the now, present moments, all we've got. You know, I talk about all that as well. It's, it, my book isn't just, a, um, isn't just for lawyers, but lawyers need it most. It's for every single person on the planet because 
everyone knows how to live in the now, live from the observer, what energy is, who you are, um, and, and how, to, how to actually operate on this planet Earth, the heaviness of this planet Earth, all at the same time as keeping your vibe high and connecting and integrating our shadows and doing the work we came here to do, which is our own growth. Mm-hmm. But, yes, I can go on and on. <laughs> yeah, but um, what I do understand, I think, is that for a lot of people who are in certain professions, especially the law, that to change within that or like you to be brave and to speak up, no things, I want things to be different, I'm not going to do it the old way anymore, might feel, probably feels really scary, right, to, yeah. to speak up and to open up in that way, and you've probably experienced it yourself as well. So what would you advice would you give those people? Well, for these lawyers, I'm going to be doing courses for them and, mm-hmm. and teaching them how to just, it's even just basic stuff. There's a, at a basic level, they want to be able to feel better anyway in their day because there's always deadlines. There's always, you're dealing with a crisis. Everything's going on around you and you've got to be able to keep your calm centre. So being able just to learn to live in a now moment and be able to detach from thought because all we are is thought. Thought is creation. We are our thoughts and our thoughts can destroy us and our thoughts are based on our limiting beliefs, our shadows. So even just as something as simple as thoughts, I can encourage a lawyer to, let's have a look at what you're thinking and why are you thinking that? If it's, it's for those people that really are asking why. It's not for all of them. There's some of them that will continue on the path of separation and that's what they'll do. That's okay. But there, as more lawyers are coming through and I think as life changes, we're all wanting something more. We're all feeling isolated and we're all, whilst we've got all this social media, we're still sitting thinking, oh, their life looks better than mine, but it's not. Everyone's working on the same things or basically the same things. Everyone is trying to feel better, everybody. It's your life's work. You must. And when you appreciate that that's your life's work, you can look at everybody else like, oh, you're doing that too. And you can see into your client and say, oh, I see what you've done. How cool. You know, I, it was Carl Jung who said, oh, so has anything terrible happened to you lately? Great. <laughs> because that's, that's growth. That is what you need. If you're sitting in the safe space and surrounding yourself with things and not feeling anything, you are not growing. You are empty. And many people are feeling it. So to attract lawyers into this space, there are many out there already willing to hear something, but I'll, I'll be starting with very the fundamental things. And my book is my book is as a laugh. It's it's humorous, so people can see we'll laugh at ourselves, and that's the that's the door opener to oh yes, maybe I'm feeling a bit like that. Maybe I'll just see what she's got to say. <laughs> yeah, I think it's always great to use humor as well. And because sometimes it's, again, we can take things so seriously and it can actually block us from seeing things from a new, more open uh, perspective. Um, but what if, like, no one could really read your book? Let's imagine no one could really actually read your book. What is one thing, one lesson you would sh- share? 
one thing I would share, one thing I would share with people is to pay attention to your thoughts because your thoughts create everything about you. So for instance, you hop up of a morning. If you think about, I'm going to make breakfast, your breakfast can't be created without a thought. So that's something for you to understand. This is what happens. Everything you do in your life starts with a thought. It's who you are. So there's some thought hygiene, I think, is a great tip for people. When you wake up in the morning, think about what's the first thing that pops into your mind. That's where you need to start looking at your life. If you're worried about that you ate too much chocolate last night, um, you are living in the past. That's a, that's a warning to you. If you're feeling guilty about that, we need to have a look. What's going on with your thought processes? Because those sorts of thoughts, are you become attached to them and they drag you down, they bring you to a lower vibe. So you really need to, and I you know, don't really want to talk about vibes so much, I would say you are living in the past. That's an indication to you that you are not living now. This minute is all you have. Your thoughts must be now. Because if you think about this for a moment, that moment's gone. Now that moment's gone. Those moments that we just had will never happen again. That's how precious now is. Now is fresh. There's nothing in now except now. So if you're focusing on the chocolate you ate last night and worried about that and guilty about it, we need to do some work on your thought processes so that you are just thinking about what's happening now. Yes, sure, you've got a schedule, but you're not attached to your schedule. You write it down. You look at your diary for the next week, you're planning a holiday, beautiful, you're a bit excited, that's terrific, but you're not attached. You, are, you live in the now, but you're not attached to any other time zone. That's the most important takeaway I could have for anybody. And there are certain techniques and tips as well to stay in the, in the present moment. And you'll find if, there's, if you're finding yourself anxious, you're living in the future, if you're finding yourself depressed, you're dragging something with you, some thoughts behind you, you are living in the past. So you will probably have some shadows that need integrating, if that's the case. Yeah, take it the next level and teach you how to do that. But they're the takeaways I would have. Yeah, that's great. And I think that's so true. It's also what you said. It's when you like, uh, constantly think about the past, that you're like also more prone to depression. And that when you are constantly... Worrying about the future, more prone to anxiety. And that's what I also really noticed with myself. Like I have the tendency to get too, can, I can be too future oriented. And it's good that you, uh, of course, there are a lot of good qualities to it. For example, you can learn from the past and with the future, you can envision it. Um, but it can also, imagination can also come to our detriment when we, get caught up in worrying and complaining and getting staying in a negative spiral. The, the thing about your future worries, your future anxieties, they're all based on the past. Yes. You are projecting something that's happened in your past into a likelihood of the future. And I say to people when they do that, well, if that's the case, give me your crystal ball because mine's broken. Good on you for being able to predict a future. I can't. Mm -hmm. 
because that's that's where they, everyone's going wrong. You can't predict the future. Mm. But people are projecting their past into the future and saying, oh, that's happened to me before, so it's going to happen again. Well, how do you know? <laughs> you don't know that. Don't give it energy. Stop giving it energy. You are then shifting your power into a different place. And when your power is in the past and future, you can't create. You're not a creator. You don't have your power with you now. How can you do what you're supposed to be doing here if your power's all over the place? That's, that's important as well. Yeah. Yeah, thank you so much for sharing. And um, luckily, people can get your book, of course, if they're very interested uh, in learning more about this. So where could, could they be able to find it? Just on Amazon. It's on Amazon. That's easy. Yeah. yeah. Easy. Okay, great. And if they're also interested in any other of your work, or maybe they're also interested in working with you whenever they're looking for a lawyer that is um, uh, in combining all these different practices? Yeah, yeah. Well, people can contact me anywhere. I'm, I work on Zoom as well, especially for um, with couples and people that just wanting to look at themselves and seeing what's going wrong with their lives. I certainly work in that area also. Um, and I can be contacted through my Facebook page or through... Um, I've got a website, virginia-warren.com. Okay, great. So I'll also put it in the description as well to make it a little bit easier to find you. Yes. And uh, Virginia, I want you to thank you so much for being here today and sharing. And um, I think yeah, what you do is really amazing. And I think you're very brave for taking such a different approach. And I think it's so, so needed. Um, so thank you. Thank you, Sana. It's great, been great to speak with you. And thank Sorry. you. <laughs> <laughs> Bye.